coming up. What an excellent day for sows. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 54 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Sharon saying, yeah, but they've gotten more violent. And it ends with Reagan saying, mother, please! <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to reduce the volume on that. But. <laughs> no, I think that accurately gets to how yeah. it sounds when you watch the movie. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't think you don't adjust the levels. That's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. So we, want, <laughs> we want eardrums bleeding, folks. Here. <laughs> no, that actually that that was good. Oh, um, but no, this is uh, this is tough to watch. Yeah. So I think we're gonna get kind of silly again. As oh as yes, seen. Yeah. So fair warning, folks. Like it's gonna get it's gonna get silly because again. Like, like Kinderman says now and again, a, a laugh just to keep us from crying because like, boy, 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 do I want to cry in this, in this minute. Yeah. Oof. That's Lester's motto. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> You're never going to let me live that down. <laughs> you know, some people, some people don't even listen for any stingers after the music. So they don't even know what you're talking about. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's, there's a, there's sometimes stuff after the music folks. So, mm-hmm. you know, so have a listen. Yeah. It's um, not ads or anything. <laughs> no, no. It's just it's just us uh, being goofy. Um, bonus content. Yeah, yeah. Those oh yeah. Like, aren't, they, aren't they already goofy? Like before the music? Or what's the, yeah, yeah it, this is this is harder and harder to what we keep saying every every time. Mm-hmm. But I guess we're gonna we're gonna have fewer and fewer like calm moments eventually as we go yes. through, right? Like like yeah. like um, uh, resting moments. Right, right. We get one that I am like so grateful for in mm-hmm. in uh, uh, in our next minute. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, they become a little bit more few and far between, and right. it's uh, yeah. So it, it's just it's ramping up, folks. Mm-hmm. Here is where it starts to to get real. Um, but uh, yeah, so before we see what's up with Reagan, let's go back to the top of this minute. I, I really like the camera work here. Again, we talked about this in the last minute. It's almost like we are another observer in this mm-hmm. chaos, right? But but who are we? Are we friend or are we foe, right? Right. Um, either yeah, way. We have to mm-hmm. observe just Sharon going through it, right? We're, we're certainly... Because we start with Sharon running down the stairs and getting, and, and we like Sharon, right? We're like, oh right. gosh, this is terrible for for um, the family. It'd be, yeah. be terrible. Yeah, exactly. It'd be terrible to be Sharon, and then mm-hmm. we're really focusing on her, and then and then we're like, oh wait, there's an even worse person for this to be, which is Chris. And right, right, right. And also Reagan, of course. Oh yeah, yeah God. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's even worse. Yeah, exactly. So, were we doctors? Yeah. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right, but exactly, but yeah, we, we like keeping with Sharon, not quite Sharon's perspective, as you say, we're watching her and mm-hmm. we're observing her, but yeah, um, but then you know, we would transfer our our point of view to uh, to Chris and uh, right. Oof, and then yeah, yeah, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to be Reagan, of course. Oh my god, yeah. Actually, no, I I have like thought about that. It's like, what is it? Yeah, what does that feel like? What is she hearing? Is 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 Captain Howdy just like jabbering at her like nonstop, or like mm-hmm. what is what is going on in like in in the head of, of Reagan McNeil? Right. Yes, she does. She does give us a little uh, some kind of clues here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that we're jumping ahead in the minute, but she does give us some clues because she's able to um, to jump out of first person being Captain Howdy and mm-hmm. going back to Reagan, saying things like he's trying to kill me right right right, make him stop yes and there is like a a a part in the book where and i think it's before this it's it's um 
it's another kind of like ramping up that that maybe we didn't see and maybe we didn't need to see. But like in the book, um, there's a, a point where uh, Reagan runs downstairs mm-hmm. and she says that Captain Howdy is chasing her and she can right. like she can see Captain Howdy, but um, Chris, who's like you know she's running to Chris for like protection and uh, like Chris can't see anything obviously, mm-hmm. and but like Reagan is pointing is like there he is, there he is, and, and like she she runs away and then she falls to the floor and she says that Captain Howdy is kicking her that mm-hmm. he's pinching her biting her like all of these other things so and yeah that 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 always made me wonder like if we had like magic glasses right mm-hmm. and we could see captain howdy is like at, at what points is he inside her body and at what points is he outside of her body like like tossing her around like a rag doll like like even in this scene and we'll we'll i'll save this until we until we see it but like like I'm wondering about the logistics, which is not mm-hmm. something I should be wondering about. Like I should be worried for the safety of this of this little girl. But you know, um, no. But again, like we we I think you caught me in in what a lot of audience members would do. Like we we try not to think about what Reagan is going through, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Um, that we'd rather be with Chris, even though Chris's experience is so is so horrifying. Right. Is also yeah. Is also like very very um uh, uh hard to like even imagine. Right. Like right. like it's one thing to be like suffering yourself, but like mm-hmm. to be witnessing somebody else that you care about that you love suffering and you being powerless to do anything that is right. that is the like the worst but this minute raises questions about well what has reagan seen of captain howdy is has he not been a body to her yet mm. for this before she can say like oh he's doing this certainly he didn't become friends with her by looking like the eileen deets um pazuzu face right. or, or, or or the um the kabuki face right certainly right, that's right. not what what he would you know like hey i'm gonna be your friend right right so if he did present a body or a face to her it probably wasn't that we mm. never we never see anything but that my i'm it's making me uh think of the first poltergeist where mm-hmm. um uh Tangina Barons played by uh, Zelda mm-hmm. Rubenstein is sort of like describing the the beast to mm-hmm. um to the family right and and they're saying that uh, she's saying how it kind of like coaxed Carol Ann the little girl mm-hmm. into uh you know coming over with uh with it and and saying it's like oh it lies to her it, it promises her things and says to mm-hmm. you know her things only a child can understand and and to her it simply is another child Mm-hmm. But to us, it is the beast, right? I love, I love that line, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah, is Captain Howdy like, uh, like when when Reagan first meets Captain Howdy, is Captain Howdy like another kid? Is it just a, a voice, or know? is it, or yeah, or is it just a voice? Or? And we, it, it must be a voice that's nicer than the one that we're going to hear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine if there was no. Like pretense. If, if it was, mm-hmm. if it, if it was the Eileen Dietz face and it was the Mercedes McCambridge voice, <laughs> it's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Captain Howdy. <laughs> oh, hi, Captain Howdy. I am really hard up for friends. <laughs> oh, you must be. It must be doll in order to. Right, that explains a lot. <laughs> He's got a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. And you know, talking about poltergeist like that, it, we talked um, a little bit on our, our previous minute about, yeah, wanting to find, um, drama, you know, there is enough drama in this movie in the production to talk about it, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but like tr- wanting to find like Linda Blair, you know, being repressed or, or, or having to sign contracts telling her not to badmouth the film or something like that, where we keep right. trying to find like where she's been, um, exploited the curse of the exorcist that mm-hmm. poltergeist is perhaps the movie people are thinking of when they're thinking of right. like, you know, um, you know, not, not that there's a legitimate curse on poltergeist but real things right. did happen to those people um yes. afterwards I, you know um i'm still much uh, very much a skeptic you know and um mm-hmm. 
Mm. And I'd say like, well, these are coincidences more than anything else. But there yes. were people on the side of the Exorcist who died very, very young. Yes, yes. yes. Um, um, I, I always, I always think it's it's kind of silly when they're like, oh, you know, Heather O'Rourke who died very, very soon after um, the filming of what Exorcist two, th- three, three? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she did fin- finish three, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she still died very young. All of a sudden, you know, a really sudden childhood illness that they couldn't have discovered. And then mm-hmm, Dominique Dunn, who did finish three, and, and she was murdered by a boyfriend, right? Oh no, I think I think she she didn't even finish one. Oh, oh, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, Dominique, the, the big sister, right? Oh, oh, of course. So she's, of course, she's replacing this year, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she was uh, murdered by her boyfriend, which is awful. Right. Yes. Um, and so those are like legitimate things where you're like, oh, this, again, not that the movie is cursed, but it makes sense why there's this sort of, you know, there is this talk about it. The extras doesn't have that. But I always think it's right. it's it's silly when when they're also like, oh, and then Craig T. Nelson went through a career slump afterwards. Like, that's not the same thing. <laughs> we're talking somebody about dying. Yeah. somebody dying and, and somebody getting murdered, right? Mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, you know, so there are at least those two things that people try to add more to it that, that right, isn't right. really even in the same, same realm. And this person died and this person died mm-hmm. and this person's career died <laughs> exactly like, no no well they came back afterwards yeah. anyways it got better it got they, better <laughs> say, yeah. and so again like we're, we're sorry we're, we're making light of this because again this is like ugh, this is this is this is tough but yeah so okay so so getting back to to the exorcist because that's the movie we're talking about um <laughs> Do we have to? Do we have to, Mom? We do. We've talked about okay. we, we we have to examine, extrapolate, and excavate this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're digging up. We're we're done with all the Joseph medallions. It's all Pazuzu heads from <laughs> from here. Um, but yeah, so uh, like it's it, like like we were talking about before with this camera it's almost as if we had followed sharon down the stairs from the mm-hmm. previous minute and we stopped at that little landing to watch as she lets these doctors in they mm-hmm. they introduce themselves and we turn our head right the camera turns mm-hmm. we turn our head to follow them as they head back up the stairs and now we're like walking backwards with them up the right. stairs and we pass the first landing and chris's room and i really like how familiar we have become with uh just this little piece of like upstairs hallway right we know where everything is and now now that i think of it um this little stretch of hallway gets more time than even the downstairs areas, we get a lot of confrontations and moments before a confrontation in just this little space. And it's perfect because this space with like the one big landing and then the smaller landing provides like different heights and levels. But in this very like uh, compact, um, very natural like way, because this is part of a house, right? It's not It's not like, you know, so you can have people looking up, looking down, mm-hmm. towering over you, staring up at you. It, and it makes a character's height sort of obsolete because mm-hmm. we can just, you know, put them a step higher or lower and change the dynamic, right? And it's all natural, right? It's all part of the house. There's no standing on like hidden apple crates or or w- like whatever, you know, it, it works in the real world, right? And Freed can mention something, folks. And uh, like, I know we talk about Blatty and, and what I believe to be the themes of this story by Blatty and Freed can like doing a great job in uh, translating those uh, for the screen. But Friedkin also has his own themes, which he has uh, been inserting into this thing. And one of them has to do with stairs and oh. how and how characters interact with stairs, right? Think about, like, I'm just going to pause. Think about stairs in this movie. Like, there's scenes coming up. There's scenes that have already happened. They all got stairs in them, right? Like, think about all those stairs, right? And and he says in the, in that documentary that I mentioned, right, uh, Leap of Faith, right? You can uh, find it on Amazon, and I think you can find it on YouTube. Also, you have to pay, but you know, um, it's definitely worth it. Um, Friedkin says in that um, that his characters are always ascending, 
And I can't believe I didn't notice it until he pointed it out. But folks, look at this thing. Look at the minutes that we've already covered. And we have characters constantly ascending, right? They're walking up steps. They're walking up stairs, right? Walking mm-hmm. up a, a, a ragged rock-strewn hill to face a, a, a statue, right? Ascending into an attic to find the rats, right? There, mm-hmm. was, there was a choice. We could have had all of that stuff down in the basement, right? You know, down equals bad, equals hell, equals the underworld, right? This house has a basement and it's in the basement that, you know, Captain Howdy is first mentioned. That's where mm-hmm. the Ouija board is. He he could have made this more like clean, more basic and, and just be like, you know, uh, everything everything is down, not up, right? We're under the earth, right? This is the underworld. And, and we meet Karis. We really meet him for the first time in that subway, right? Mm-hmm. But even then, folks, go back and look. Even though it's a subway, he enters it by a Sending the steps right. and we haven't even gotten we haven't even like like we're not even in the middle of this movie yet so i'm really glad we caught this um and we can talk about it here so we can catch it in real time when it happens in the future but keenan i wanted to ask you like what do you what do you think of all this like all this ascending in the movie like, yeah it's not something i had, I had caught but you're absolutely right um we do have scenes where some people are going downstairs obviously right. sounded, like we just saw kitty wind going down but then mm-hmm. um you know um Mrs. Karras, Mary Karras, going yes. down into the subway. It's, it's yes. pretty terrible. And, and Absolutely. Spooky, right? she, we see her come up, and then she just goes right back down again. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in that dream sequence, like I was pointing out, like uh, Damien is coming towards us, and the way that they photograph um, – what's behind him is this bridge where people are like going across the river or something. So, mm-hmm. so behind him is basically this staircase with all these people yes. going away from him though. And um, yeah, I think that's super, super interesting to think mm-hmm. about. Yeah. We, we, in that scene in the basement, we don't necessarily like spend time with Chris going down the stairs. We're just kind of right. already there. We're already there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Keenan, yeah. Uh, uh, folks, Keenan makes a really, really good point with like the, with so many like scenes of characters going upstairs, it kind of like really highlights when they're not mm-hmm. right. Like we have like yeah, uh, like he said, like Mary Karras going down those mm-hmm. steps. What does that mean? All these other characters going up. What does it mean that uh, Mary Karras is going down? Right. We yeah, I that- mean, we're not going to do it here, even though we're the people who probably should but you could go through the <laughs> film and like stopwatch it and see and compare the ratio of how much is about ascending and how much is descending right right and we have we're, I mean, we're not going to do it no. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we have two other, other things yeah. to do yeah. but we will call it as we see it we will like right. every time it is in a minute we're gonna be like hey there's the there's the ascending descending right um you know in in friedkin's previous film the french connection one of the most famous shots and scenes in the movie is on a descent down the stairs i don't know hmm. you haven't seen the french connection yet have you? no i haven't yet um, well, it's so it's so impactful that it becomes the poster for the film eventually. Hmm. Um, but it's spoilery. Uh, oh, you know, a friend of mine, <laughs> a friend of mine was like, "Can you think of other posters that are the climax of the movie?" He was talking about specifically the Planet of the Apes oh. and how not in the original release, but later on, they use the climax of the film. It just kind of ruins it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As the poster because it's such an impactful thing. So I won't say what that mm-hmm. is, but right. but there's that one. But he, um, yeah, I, and we were trying to think of some of that. Like it, the Independence Day poster is the White House blowing up, which is right. incredibly impactful. But that's at the beginning of the film. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, where, where else would you like? Oh, deep impact is the end of the mm. film, but I guess you want to, you know, you want to see a a comet. You're being promised a comet's going to hit the Earth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the French Connection has one of those now. the 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 new The new releases of the French Connection have oh, okay. a spoiler right. on them. Okay, so I'll have to I'll have to watch the French Connection before I even see the poster. <laughs> yeah, it's tough now. Yeah, I don't know how, how people see the Planet of the Apes. Um, 
you know, I, I, what, what you think when you look at that, you know, what, what must when I look at that, I'm like, you maniacs, you spoiled it. Like, right. oh my yeah. gosh. And I'm misre- I'm misremembering. I'm looking at this. It's not going down the stairs. It's going up the stairs. Oh, oh well, there you <laughs> yeah, go. I have totally misremembered it. Of course, of course, of course. That so is, all of that folks. Yeah. That is the most, I was like the most famous shot of the French connection is, is the only, <laughs> I completely misremembered it. He, it's going upstairs. Yes. Well, there we go. So it's again, yeah. ascending. Yeah. Lots of ascending. Right. Um, and yeah, so, for me, uh, for this film, for The Exorcist, um, when Friedkin pointed that out, like that he has, that he consciously tried to have like a lot of uh, the characters going up mm-hmm. stairs, I was a little confused because usually when you think like ascending, mm-hmm. you think like moving towards some kind of grace. Like we talked about like with our uh, Abrahamic religions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, ascending is good. We are moving closer to God. So you would think that they would always be going up to do something Good, but in this movie, even though yes, we have a lot of characters like ascending, there always seems to be something scary up mm-hmm. there, right? Like Chris, don't go into the attic. Why? Because you're gonna because you're gonna die up there, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like up there is where all the trouble is, right? It's it's at the top of that hill in Iraq. It's up in the attic. It's up in that bedroom. Like even even the poster talking about posters, mm-hmm. Keenan, right? That iconic image that everybody knows that has been like burned into our collective consciousness, right? With the, the lone priest in the hat and the raincoat and he's clutching his bag as he looks where? Up. He's mm-hmm. looking up at the source of the light and that light, like I've spoken to folks who misremember where that light is coming from, just right. like they misremember like Captain Howdy having like red eyes and fangs, which he doesn't, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? They, they misremember the source of this iconic light. It's, it's not the street light. Right. The street, the street light is there. It's giving off its own like feeble glow, sure. But that ray of light is not coming from there. It's coming from where? It's coming from up in that room, up where all the trouble is. And, and I'm glad we get to talk about this here. I'm glad we, we caught this relatively, uh, early before we were even like halfway through this thing. Mm-hmm. So now we can, now we can look for it when it pops up again. Um, and of course but, we will spend a lot of time on that shot later on. Yes, yes. absolutely. Um, right. Yes. We'll talk about the painting, talk about like all of that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for this, right, like I was confused. I was like, like, so up is bad in this movie like what's going on um but i i think i figured it out um and and it took me a while to to figure this out yes they are ascending locationally into danger into doubt into bad times and and at first that can be like a little confusing a little like incongruous but not if you see it as them ascending to a challenge Mm-hmm. rising to a challenge, answering a call, right? And that call is coming from on high. It's coming from a higher power and they are rising to meet it. So locationally, yes, the trouble is up there. You might die up there. And that makes our heroes, Karis, Marin, Chris, and everyone who goes up those stairs up into that room. That's what makes them the heroes that uh, they are, right? They're going to it. They are rising to it again and again. That room gets visited again and again. Those stairs are climbed again as we move forward, as we rise to the challenge that is this movie, the scariest movie of all time. It may seem like those steps are increasing, are getting uh, steeper, getting harder to climb. Our feet are getting heavier. Our hearts our, our hearts are getting heavier. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't stop Chris. That doesn't stop Karis or Willie or Carl or Marin or Sharon. Right, she's ascending in this minute right now, Sharon. Mm-hmm. What, Sharon? What are you doing? You don't have to be there. You, you're not a priest. You're not a doctor. You're not. You're not Chris. You're not a mom. You're not related to Reagan or Chris. You can leave, but she doesn't. 
and nor do Willie and Carl, right? And that's and like like I'm I'm going to talk about this later, but pay attention to that. I think I called this out um, in an earlier minute too, right? Nobody nobody has has run screaming from this house yet, right? So like, yes, I think, like think about that. I like what we're doing or what Kitty Wynn is doing here. Um, we get to see. Uh, we've talked a lot about masks and personas. Hers is not nearly as tough as Damien's is, right? That's the main right. one that we've been dealing with, right? But she has, uh, you know, we allow her to um, to go through a bunch of changes here based on whether the doctors are seeing her or not. So she can be all business with the doctors. Let's yes, let's please hurry up here. And as the camera follows her. Right, we get to then see what she looks like when she is sure that the doctors are not looking at her, and she is right. more panicked and worried about about Reagan. And yes. so the landing is such that um, there are, there's a long stretch where she's in front of the doctors, where she's a private, basically, right, where she yes. can't mm-hmm. she can't be exposed. Then we get to this shorter run, this landing, um, and she and she becomes perpendicular to the doctors, and we get to see her face clamming up more. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then again, we get to the longer stretch where she get and drop that. Yes, so she's going yes. through a bunch of really interesting colors here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is this is very much a uh, a Kitty Win a Sharon minute mm-hmm. here. Like there are so many little um, uh, looks that she does and little expressions that she makes um, and and actions and choices and everything. And it's and it's funny because it's like you you might not be called up you 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 might not uh, think that she is. Like your, your eye might not fall on her at all. Mm-hmm. You might be looking at Chris. You might be looking at, you're definitely going to be looking at Reagan. <laughs> um, you're, you're going to be looking like maybe everywhere except, uh, uh, Sharon. But mm-hmm. folks, like if you, if you've missed her performance in this minute, go back and look because there is like, she is doing some really, really great stuff here. Right. I, I'm glad that you talked about, um, about the design of, of this landing again, it feels like a real house. Mm-hmm. We it tricks us several times, but this is on a set in New York right. City. Yes. Um. So so these so it's not coincidental, right? So as much as like um, a director has to sort of cinematize these things and put them into um into creation into the physical nature of it. There's also a production designer who would be having these um these conversations about what kind of stairs do we want here, right? Like yes. uh, nowhere in the script or in the book does it get into the details of how many steps there are on this landing or, mm-hmm. or any of that stuff, right? So this is another bill, Bill. Malley, the production designer who has to go with with Billy Friedkin and 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 think about like well what are we actually going to do here right so right the relationship with the director and any of the designers whether it's a cinematographer or the um, costume designer the production designer the editor the sound designer it's all individual but typically it is a, a big give and take between what the director would be asking and the production designer um, mm. they will typically work very very closely together and the director doesn't always have the specifics of how many steps or, you know, how many feet, but that's not what they're being asked for. It's the, the feeling of it. Right. So mm. yeah, you talking about like, there's a long landing and a short landing and where people turn and we, sh- we need to be able to see down into the carpet where the rug, right. where, where Reagan's going to pee and mm-hmm. we're going to need to see the front door. Like all of that stuff is, is taken into account. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. And just how much, how much of how, how often we are here at the nexus of this house, right? Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. very center of it. Yeah, and it's the guns. mitochondria of the house. There you go, right? Yeah, <laughs> or the nucleus? Or... Yeah, it's the nucleus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I should I call it out? No, it's um, the endoplasm endoplasmic reticulum of the of the house for sure. There we go. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it's the ribosome. No. Um, <laughs> but like, yes, as Kenan says, this is this is absolutely a set, but it is it is done so expertly. It's designed so expertly as to like, yeah, make us constantly forget that this is a, uh, this is not a real house. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does give like our characters the, this kind of like excuse to be on different levels when they're talking to each other right. and everything. Yeah. 
Um, but all engineered, all engineered by Vladdy and Friedkin and, mm-hmm. and uh, the designers. Bill folks. Malley, yeah. Yes, right. Wait, say his name again. Bill Malley. Bill Malley, yeah. Um, now, let's see. But yeah, so so we're back with Sharon and she's running up the stairs with the doctors trailing behind her, right? Uh, did she give her the medis- medication that uh, she needed? Yes. What was it? It was Thorazine and before that it was Ritalin. Uh, Ritalin. Uh, now, Thorazine is used specifically for like mood disorders, schizophrenia, um, psychotic disorders. It says like the uh, the the manic phase of bipolar disorder, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what that is, right? And it's and it's obviously not working here, right? We can hear that it's not working, right? right. Um, now, I like how. Sharon comes up to the door and she sort of puts her like whole body up against it, um, right? She knocks really, really quick and then she leans in close, right? And she says, Chris, doctors. Um, and the door opens. And from here, we cut to inside the room. And we see that Chris has opened it. Sharon is uh, the first to get inside, but she barely gets in. She sort of like – like um hugs the wall mm-hmm. and uh, she steps aside to let you know the the doctors in but her back is up against the wall and she's got this look on mm-hmm. her face i love this look she is shocked and appalled which which makes me wonder it's like okay what was going on in the room before she left to answer right. the door that now this shocks her like it's like it's something new right right mm-hmm. like like she's got this look on her face like oh my god now what is she doing but all that all that bo- that uh, posture of hers all, all that body language uh really speaks to i mean it, you could feel her fear right as she's as she's gripping the wall etc yes but it, it also feels very protective like this is you know this is to protect chris or reagan or something right like right. like i have a plan when i go in there i'm going to go directly along the wall there um yes. and it's going to help them right yes I, I, I like that she says when she when she knocks there she's chris doctors mm-hmm. i think that that is is, uh, again, I teach screenwriting students, and this is something always, you know, I like teaching screenwriting students because I can run myself as I'm writing, you know, these mm-hmm. really basic things. But, but like, I think beginning screenwriters or inexperienced writers, I'll even put that, you know, myself in that to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Like, you will, you will feel compelled to use full sentences all the time. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, like, Chris, it's me. The doctors are here, right? Yeah, right. Um, the doctors are here to see what's wrong with Reagan. Right, exactly. Your daughter. <laughs> you want to be really clear, right? So, so you have full sentences when they're not needed, right? And so, like, right. When when a screenwriter can put themselves in the character's position and and really yes. just think about what they would actually say, you get real gems of human behavior. Chris, doctors, mm-hmm. that's end. all she needed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, and and she's like, she also she also doesn't have time, right? She doesn't right. have time to 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 give a whole like story about you know Dr. Tanny and Dr. Kleiner here, and they right. you know they mm-hmm. they they drove in a little blue bug, and, <laughs> you know, exactly. Does she have the time? Does she have the energy to say more than, than right? Also that right, and she's trying to get back into that room to help mm-hmm. Chris and help Reagan like as quickly as possible. And again, like Keenan, thank you for pointing this out. Mm-hmm. This is we see a lot of like looks of like fear mm-hmm. and like shock and everything like that. But like, try folks, try to count how many times this fear is like, like for the character's own safety mm-hmm. versus how much it is for like the safety of someone else, right? right? We talked about like in the previous minute, we talked about Reagan like trying to hold it together in that hospital when that machine was just like going at her and, and like, like uh, you know, anybody else, like I myself would, would be screaming, but she's holding it in not for herself, but like probably to like not distress mom too much, right? right. Like all of these characters are like in this horrible, like scary situation but like they're they're still like considering the other characters. It's like like and if there mm-hmm. is like this wide eyed look of terror or horror, or if there is a scream, it's usually um, uh, 
out of out of like concern or fear for another character. Right. I this is jumping way ahead, but I'm thinking of one of my favorite bits in the movie when uh when Father Marin sees uh Reagan for the first time. Mm. And it's it, it is exactly what you're talking about. Yes, there's I'm afraid of this, but more of what Max von Sydow is doing is like, oh, this poor girl. Yes, yes. Right. Um, oh man, I can't, I cannot wait to, to, <laughs> to get to talk about him again when he, when he shows up again. Or if he does, we don't know. Maybe Father Mary, Ooh, maybe, maybe he's spoilers. gone. <laughs> he's in Iraq having a great time. Yeah. He's, he's just having a great time <laughs> with Jesuit Dean. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so now we're, okay. So we're back in the room, right? Sharon has this look on her face, like, like whatever Reagan is doing, and we don't see it yet, but whatever Reagan is doing is not what was going on before she she left, right? right? So this is new and this is shocking, right? And she is, she is like scared, like, uh, she's, she is, she is shocked, but she is also like scared for Reagan. You mm-hmm. can see that, right? Um, and whatever it was, it seems to be ramping up, whatever, whatever's going on on that bed, right? Right. Now, we're only on this shot for literally, I think, a second. But I wanted to talk about some stuff. Firstly, the like position of the camera is very low, almost as if we are at the foot of the bed. And I'm reminded of that moment earlier when we saw uh, uh, the shaking bed and uh, there feels like maybe the camera is like this third presence watching mm-hmm. Chris watch Reagan, right? Um, and I don't know if we can say the same thing here because it's so quick and the camera doesn't like like – uh, uh, turn, uh, you know, to see Reagan or anything, but uh, like, I found it interesting that we're in not the exact same place, but like a similar place down low level with the bed, right? right? We're like certainly not up. in Reagan's position because then, no. then Sharon would be looking at us. At us, right. right. Yeah. So She's looking past us. Yes. Um, the camera does sort of like move into position as the door opens, right? But that's, that's where it stays. Uh, and I'm also noticing like what Chris and Sharon are wearing now, um, and I, maybe this is a, a silly thing for me to latch on to, but like, like they look really nicely dressed <laughs> for something like for, for such a, like a physically, mentally, emotionally fraught moment as this. But, but that sort of leads me to believe that the, uh, the attacks have not been so numerous and so violent that it disrupts their normal lives. Right. Like, like they've some, woken up for breakfast and, you know, they, they didn't yes. think this was going to be happening today. Right. Precisely. Right. Like, like I, you were talking about before, like maybe, maybe a younger, you know, just starting out, um, you know, screenwriter or, or director, um, or, or, um, you know, cinematographer might, or, or costume designer, right. Mm-hmm. Might have them like looking all disheveled, like they haven't slept in days or whatever. Right. right? But like, we're, we're knowing that this is ramping up. This is, this is getting worse and worse and worse, right? This is, this is a, uh, a highlight, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, maybe, maybe they woke up and it was a normal day and they were having breakfast and then suddenly this happened. And right? we also would know, you know, the, the more experienced filmmakers would know, well, that we're going to get there. We're going to get to the part where, where all of our characters are up for days and haven't slept, but that's not right yet. So we don't want to go back to the well or as our old acting teacher, Michael Tyler would say, we don't want to blow our load too early. <laughs> 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 oh, Michael Tyler. Which was, you know, that's a that's like a riflery term, but not the way Michael Tyler would say it. <laughs> no. I don't think Michael Tyler was thinking of rifles. No. <laughs> I went, folks, you can you can watch Michael Tyler's movies. Go go in, you know, uh, and look him up. He's there great. He is. Um, but uh, I <laughs> I went to him um, after I think I think he did. Um, uh, it was a Shakespeare play. And I as told you him, like it, I want to say, yeah, it must've yeah. been as you like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, uh, like I, I told him it was so great. And I was, I was in the middle of, um, like choosing, I was, I was like going between majors. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was like an English major, um, you know, heading towards like double majoring in Japanese cause mm-hmm. I was going to go over there and everything. And I was sort of like leaving the acting 
world behind. Mm-hmm. And then I saw that play and um, I went up to him afterwards and I said, uh, Mr. Tyler, like, like after seeing your performance, I like, you made me want to get back into acting. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me <laughs> and then he kind of goes, Oh Jesus. <laughs> And he sort of rolls his eyes. <laughs> perfect. That's yeah. perfect, Michael Tyler. That is, that is classic Tyler. <laughs> yes, that's that's our acting teacher. One of our acting teachers. You can look him up, and he was on. Yes. He was on uh, the Bold and Beautiful, and, and the yeah. bunch of soap operas he's known for. But he was he was really great. Yeah, um, awesome. A lot of a lot of people my age knew him as the Lieutenant Governor on uh, Even Stevens, <laughs> which oh. is one of his best performances, I think for sure. But <laughs> they said this LaBeouf kid, he's going places. There we go. <laughs> But yeah, um, so yeah, so go check out Michael Tyler. He's awesome. Uh, okay, yeah. In any case, uh, we cut from this shot to a shot of Reagan on the bed as she is being whipped back and forth, up and down, bending up into a sitting position. It's it, I'm realizing now it's hard to like describe. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like like her the the bottom half of her is like fixed to the bed, I right. guess, mm-hmm. and her upper torso or like where she where she bends at the waist it like she it's it's almost like she's doing sit-ups without um doing them I guess. yeah like if she were a gummy if she were like a gummy worm and we were holding the tail of the gummy worm and flicking it back and forth right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she, yeah she's sort of doing this s shape with her body which is yeah very uncomfortable even to look at Yes, yes. Or like maybe L shape. I don't know. Yeah. Or, or well, no, because it, it's so much force. She's being flung forward and flung backwards. Mm-hmm. And yes, folks, um, you've probably heard about this specific scene before. Uh, in fact, I believe we mentioned it in a previous minute back mm-hmm. when like the bed was shaking. Um, fans of The Exorcist know that this scene right here is one of the famous injury scenes. Um, so – uh, what we're looking at from uh, like a special effects point of view, we have uh, Linda Blair strapped into a harness. Um, it's hidden within that blue uh, – is that like her nightgown or is that supposed to be like the top sheet of the bed? Because like it's the exact same color of the bed, but it's like wrapped around her like it's a dress. I think it's a dress, but you're right. It's sort of – it sort of blends into the, the bed. Yeah, it's, it yeah. looks like, like – not quite, yeah, not quite a nightgown, or it's not like a kid's nightgown, but right. it all has that same sort of feel. It's sort of hospital blues. Right. She has a nightgown later, and but like, actually, also, like, like when doing later minutes, I was looking, and it's like, no, that is part of her dress. Right. That is the weirdest looking dress, though. Mm-hmm. Like, right. it, it stops, like, the there's a design pattern that stops, like, right above her chest, and then just the rest of it is all, like, like just blue. Like, mm-hmm. like what is that even? Like, it, I don't know, whatever. Um, But yeah, in any case, like, that's where her harness is right it's hidden inside that blue thing right and and what it is um i've I've heard it described in in several different places and i've read about it like it's this plastic uh mold of her back so they made this they made this like uh mold of her back to perfectly fit the contours of her back and then they strapped her into it i'm guessing like i've I've never seen this thing so i can only like visualize it as other people have described it Mm -hmm. i'm I'm imagining like a corset like there are laces on the side maybe like like that's that's kind of like what's what's happening in my mind right um yeah and and as as they describe it i mean maybe i don't know if it's just because because i know something went wrong but as you read about the thing it sounds like it's all wrong that because there'd be no give uh, right. in this device that you get that same feeling right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's no flexibility to the part that's attached to her which seems right. wrong to me mm-hmm. 
there should be, yeah, there should be flexibility there, right? Um, and so, yeah, so they strap her into this thing. They lace her into, like, that's mm-hmm. that's how it was termed. Um, and then they have, like, a couple of guys uh, pulling this harness and, like, tugging on it back and forth. And, and that's what you're seeing here in this shot, right? Now, it's either in this shot or the next one coming up in just a second. Um, I think it's the next one, actually, where the lacing of the harness has come loose. And so now that hard plastic mold that was supposed mm-hmm. to stay like strapped to her back, right? It's supposed to be like, you know, it's molded to her back. It's supposed to stay there, right? Now that has separated. And so now each time the crew guys like pull, that back piece is like smacking Linda in the back right. harder and harder. And now they're like going in opposite directions. So while she is falling back down on the bed, the device has like already like reached that point uh, in its like trajectory and is it, now it's coming back up. Mm-hmm. And so they're meeting and like it's cracking her in the back. Right. And apparently, apparently it took a really long time for anybody to notice what was going on, even though like Linda Blair was screaming and pain and they just thought she was like acting and she was she was doing a really great job um and like even even though like at some point and linda recalls this in an interview later that she's pretty sure she started shouting billy for like billy freaking right um and eventually they realize what's going on and they cut and you can now see like I'll, I'll, i'll post it in the show notes there's there's some uh behind the scenes footage of what happened after they cut um it's it's all silent, uh, but it's like somebody else with a camera. Like, and they've just you know uh, been walking around like on mm-hmm. set, and you see like all this behind the scene. You see like the makeup tests, and you see like um, you know the vomiting and how they do that, and the floating and everything. But you see this exact shot. Uh, like, I think the next one. I believe but, so. Yes. Yeah, but you see that shot where it hurts her, and you see them cut, and you see Linda is in tears and they rush over to help her like uh, uh but seeing that i'm like oh my god that made me so mad because she looks in so much she she looks like she's in so much pain all all for this like one shot in the movie right yeah safety safety gets me very upset and i know this is from 50 years ago and mm. I, I i like to think that that this type of thing that that had a mishap um has helped to contribute to a more safe environment because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know one of the things uh, Again, there's best practices, so don't take my word for if you're trying to set up a stunt on your movie right now. Don't take my word right. for it. There are best practices you can find um, mm-hmm. online, but but nowadays, I mean, almost always the actor is told ahead of time that they're allowed to call cut, which yeah. would be you know in, in this or like in sex scenes now where we have um, stunt coordinators and we have intimacy coordinators. This is what mm-hmm. um, what we have basically. The same idea, if you're familiar with this, how a stunt coordinator works, but for sex scenes or kissing scenes, mm-hmm. we have an intimacy coordinator that the actor is allowed to cut, and that would have that would have helped here. Um, right. The, uh, you know, because, um, yeah, I, I, I've become friends with, a um, a special effects worker, uh, a special effects designer and special effects puppeteer who is working on a, mm-hmm. a similar problem on, um, Oh shoot. Don't tell him. I'm, I always get it wrong. Which nightmare on Elm street it was. <laughs> I believe it's nightmare oh. on Elm street four. Okay. Um, maybe, you know, where the, um, where Freddy Krueger is, um, they built a giant Freddy Krueger puppet like like bigger oh. than life and then they have mm-hmm. some of the souls of the people he's murdered um coming out of him coming out of his skin oh it's a really famous sequence it's very very good but i always forget but but robert england is like being being punished by the souls inside of him and mm-hmm. so there was a mishap with the rig that was cutting into robert england's neck <gasps> and then so he's going ah, <laughs> right oh, but no. of course you're like oh that just looks like you know he's 
that's what we've asked him to do is to have this yeah, reaction. Yeah. Right? So similar here, it's like, well, we've asked her to act like she's in pain, right? Mm-hmm, and then when she's mm-hmm. in pain, what do we do? So, so right. now there's, you know, in the best practice is to let them cut and or whatever code word they're going to say, but usually just cut, cut, yeah, cut, yeah. cut, cut, cut. Yeah, because cut because like yeah, if you if you're like in that situation, there's there's no there's no reason for Reagan McNeil to mm-hmm. shout cut. Right, so that would be exactly. There's reasons for her to say it hurts, it hurts, stop, stop. Right, which is right. awful to think about. Like she's actually saying that. Yeah, right. But right. yeah, for her to say cut, cut, cut. That wouldn't. Yeah. So that would that would be an immediate like signal to to stop everything. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. But like. Oh. So yeah. In in this clip, Keenan. Um. So you have you have you seen this clip no, yet? No, I haven't. Oh my god. Okay. I want to. I want to show you. I'm going to show you on the air right now. Uh-oh. But I want you to guess first, right? In this clip, mm-hmm. in this behind the scenes clip where they finally cut, mm-hmm. uh, and you and you see her crying. Who do you think is the first one to run up and help her? Who uh, do you think is the first person <laughs> to run and try to comfort her as she's sobbing in pain? I would guess her her movie mother. Okay. And she's crying. Yeah. That's that's very clearly cries. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, folks. Uh, like now that I'm looking at it again, maybe you know, like maybe um, it, it's going to be at your discretion if, uh, whether or not you want to watch this. Um, yeah, I just made my rough. my co-host watch it. Um, <laughs> that's uh, pretty rough. That's not because I have to share my pain. Um, <laughs> yeah. That that that's really that looks incredibly painful. And then yeah, yeah. it's Ellen Burson who goes right up to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, take care yeah. of her mm-hmm. so maybe yeah so maybe i'm gonna put like a, a trigger warning and say hey you know mm-hmm. like uh this this is actually like yeah worse than anything you're gonna see in the movie yeah right? that's true mm-hmm. yeah yeah Ooh, yeah but like ooh, makes me so i'm i'm like my my blood is boiling just uh, again just just seeing that again but even if this machine didn't malfunction even if this machine didn't like come loose and start slapping her in the back just look at like what's going on like you hear about like, uh, oh, did you hear this, you know, this anecdotal story about like how, you know, Linda Blair injured her back mm-hmm. doing this stunt. And you look at that stunt in the movie. I'm looking at this minute right now. And I'm like, yeah, of course she did. Right. Right. Like even if it works right, you you, you would you would expect like, you know, some kind of like whiplash or something like that. That mm-hmm. is that is just like way too hard, way too rough. Um, but no, it, it's, it's actually because the thing got like uh, separated from her back and it was like thwacking her in the back, which is which sounds terrible. Yeah. Now. You and I are actors. Actors are crazy, right? And they will, they want to do stunts and they want to do things mm-hmm. and they want to push themselves because they want to be committed to the character, which is, which is not so, it's non, it's not what normal people would do, right? right. That's the nature of it. And that's why you need, you know, you need protocols to protect actors against their, their judgments like this. Cause like, I mean, you could see a Friedkin talking to Linda Blair, who's 12, 13, you know, right, and right. being like, Hey, we're going to, isn't that going to be so cool? Like, we're not going to do this for a month. Mo- we're not going to use the puppets that we've made, which there are, there are puppets on set mm-hmm. that look like Linda Blair. We're not going to use, that's going to be you. And it's going to be so great. And Linda Blair and, and maybe even her mother, right. Are like, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's reasons why unions have been clearer about this, about what's allowed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's reasons why we've, we've developed stunt people too. And, and again, there were stunt people on set who, yes. who were doubles, right? So I was going to bring that up. I was yeah. like, why? Like, are we like, okay, so, so this minute has a lot of stuff. Like we're mm-hmm. going to see, we're going to see another voice. We're going to see like definitely uh, Linda Blair's in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, I wanted to check in with you, Keenan, because I was looking really, really hard. Is Eileen Dietz in this minute at all? I don't believe so. I think this is all Linda Blair. I think it's all Linda Blair and puppets. 
Why? <laughs> I don't know. Like, obviously, we talk. We talk about having a body double. We talk mm-hmm. about having having her do like the um, you know, the more difficult, more taxing stuff. Like mm-hmm. she certainly she you know she slaps uh, uh, Ellen Burstyn you mm-hmm. know across the room later. Right. She you know she is also fitted with the the um, device that you know m- makes her like spew pea soup. Both of them were mm-hmm. folks. It was it was Linda and Eileen Deeds. Right. Um, so if she's doing all that. And now I sound like an asshole. I'm like, yeah, put her in the machine. No, I don't mean that. Right, but she's I, a stunt person specifically. Yeah, I mean, like she's hired. And she's an older, like person, she's an right? adult at this right, point, right? That's true, right. Yeah, she's like twenty something years right. old mm-hmm. versus uh, uh, Linda Blair, who's who's what, like fourteen? Yeah. At, this, at this stage, yeah. It, it's it's tough. I mean, you know, why would you do that? Well, I suppose <laughs> it makes the movie better because we could see it's really her, and and you know, our eyes are but can are we? trying like, we can... to right. Our eyes are always trying to trying to figure out the tricks that the filmmakers have done in us right mm-hmm. but yeah can we see the difference here i don't know the hair is whipping back that like i can't see like you know even pausing it and everything like that right we you're barely... still unclear right yeah um yeah <sighs> all we yeah we don't need it to be real we just need it to look real and those are two mm-hmm. different things yes yeah yeah uh, but yeah so so yeah ellen burston uh comes in to console linda and we're talking about the the behind the scenes clip here, right. not the um you know um and my question is where, where's freaking um where's the where's the special effects guy where is anyone else to you know to help this poor girl yeah um, you know it's um in freakin's defense he's probably at a monitor all the way the hell over the across the oh, room which sucks okay. you know but yeah. you know that that's that's not cool either like he like oftentimes the director will try to put the the video village the monitor where the playback is close to the actors and you know that's often like an intimate or really you know really emotional scenes that want to be close enough that they can go and right. you know, but here in a stunt scene they've decided not to i guess mm, which again is, yeah. is a problem if you were on set if you and i were on set we could criticize friedkin and say like well then yeah why are you all the way to hell over there when we have like, yeah, you know, why have you decided to be all the way to the hell over some other place when we have a 14 year old girl who's doing a really tough stunt here. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but actually before we even get to that shot of, uh, you know, the, the infamous, infamous injury shot that cuts away right before, you know, she starts crying. Right. Um, we, we have the first shot of her, like, you know, being whipped back and forth. And then we get this other shot, this like reaction shot of all of them at the doorway again. And like from left to right, we got, uh, Sharon who it seems like the initial shock has mm-hmm. like worn off. And now she's just like in <laughs> normal shock, staring at Reagan going up and down on the bed. Right. And we got, uh, Dr. Tanny in the back there. And this is the, this is the very first time he has ever seen Reagan. Right. Right. This is his introduction to her. And the expression on his face is, is really good. He's like squinting, but his eyes are also like somehow wide mm-hmm. and intense. Like, how do you do that? How do you squint your eyes and also have them be wide? <laughs> I think it's right? those great glasses he's got on. Yes. <laughs> so th- those are those, those are magic glasses right there. Um, and then. You got Dr. Klein, who has a history with Reagan right. at this point, right? He's seen her acting up in his office. Listeners will remember that she once advised him to keep his fingers away from her goddamn cunt. Lester. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. I'm sorry. Uh, but but his expression seems to be one of puzzlement mm-hmm. or, or maybe, or maybe it's dawning realization that this is not what he thought it was. Right. Like we, we can't help but feel like a little bit of satisfaction at this like dopey look that he's giving. We're like, now do you see you dumbass? Right. Like this is what we were trying to tell you the whole time. Yeah. But you wouldn't listen. It's great that we have that, that we get that, you know, we get to feel superior, right? Like we get validated. to feel really smart. Yeah. Yeah. Validated is a good way of putting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, and then I don't know about everybody. Like I'm sure in the theaters there'd be a, um, a difference of opinions, but when he's a, he's about to get 
smacked across the face <laughs> when he, he, he we'll talk about that but he, he he you know that that I don't want to say I I feel horrified by it, but I can also understand mm-hmm. how someone in the theater would be like, "Great, you know that has happened." Yeah, right? yeah, it is. Yeah, that's that's a mixed bag, and yeah, right. we're gonna get to that in in just a second. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like like at least right now, like we're feeling just a little bit of satisfaction mm-hmm. because like he is finally seeing this right. Um, and to that point, like that's what that's what like Chris like should be saying right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like you like now do you see, right? But right. but she is so caught up in in the horror that like all that she can do is like stare at her daughter in this helpless, heartbreaking way. And like looking at her, depending on where your eye falls in this lineup, mm-hmm. which is only on screen for two seconds. Mm-hmm, I timed mm-hmm. it, right? So you're only going to have time to see one, maybe two of these people, right. right? So you might see, you might see Sharon, you might see Dr. Tenney, you might see uh, uh, um, Dr. Klein, and you might see Chris, right? Most likely your eye is going to fall on Klein and or Chris. Right. I agree. Yeah. Klein is like almost like front and center, almost, right? Yeah. And, he's the closest and, to the center. He's also the tallest. There's more mm-hmm, light on mm-hmm. him. We see more of his face than Chris. Yeah. yeah. Right. And Chris's expression is like the most uh, different from all the others, mm-hmm. right? All the others are like shock and horror and hers is anguish and distress mm-hmm. and, and, and fear for her daughter. So depending on where your eye falls, you might get this like pang of pity and empathy where you think, oh, this is a scary scene. Everyone is scared. But then you see Chris and you feel for her and, and Reagan and then you're you're right back to being shocked again. It's mm-hmm. almost like it's almost like your emotions are being jerked around by some asshole movie director. <laughs> He's manipulating my feelings. Uh, That's not what I paid for. No. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> no, but I am joking. That's exactly what we pay for. You, yeah, yeah, no, you're paying is, yeah. some magician, right, to fool you and to and to, to trick yeah. you into seeing. And things, you know it's yeah. all fake, and but right. you but you want to like you want to have your fun, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, and so now we cut from there, we cut from them looking to another shot and it's kind of like a, 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 uh, of what I, I'm, I'm losing all terminology, mm-hmm. Keenan. It's like a frontal, um, we're not, we're not looking at Reagan from the side anymore. We're looking at her like straight up and down right? Right. as she's whipping back and forth. Right. We, like, yeah. It's unusual. It's hard to describe it when she's sitting up, it would be something like a medium shot of her. Like we'd, mm-hmm. be, we'd be typically like medium close that we'd be familiar with, but she's yeah. whipping back and forth away and towards us that it's, yes. it's really, yeah. Uh, so defying like our, our abilities to describe it, right? Yes, yes. So, so it's almost like she's like coming, like like coming towards the screen at us and yes. then whipping away, right? Right. Um, like in a bad three D movie, this would be the, yeah. the big thing. Oh yeah. yes, if they ever made this three D, mm-hmm. this would be one of the things. Like Ugh. just her head coming out and in and out and in. Gross. Oh god. Um, yeah. No. Don't want to. Don't want to. Don't want that. No. Um, but but and and so yes. Folks, we we already talked about it before, but this is the shot where, like, notice how how uh, short it is, mm-hmm. um, and that's because, like, this is the shot that, like, that made it into the film that uh, this is where she got injured, yeah. um, and it's just like like seconds after, um, you know, we uh, we have cut away to another uh, shot, like she's, you know, she's in like in another in another dimension, she's like bawling her eyes out because uh, because of how horrible this was. I mean, and you're right. Now I'm looking at this one like this. There's no reason for this to be – we don't know what the original plan for the shot would have been if everything mm. had gone well. But there's no reason that this needs to be Linda Blair. It, no. Like it, It's so quick. Um, her movements are so quick. It's, her face is just a blur. And it's covered by hair. Right. Like mm-hmm. everything's covered by her hair. This this could have been – this didn't even have to be Eileen Dietz. This could have been a dummy. It looks like it, yeah. Could have been like a dummy with like ragdoll arms. Just do that and that's all you need, mm-hmm. right? Oy, 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 oy. But yeah, so – 
So from this shot, right, this infamous injury shot, right, we cut back to our lineup and the expressions have changed now. You'll notice that um, we'll go we'll go from left to right again, right? Sharon's initial terror is giving way to this expression of pity mm-hmm. for like what we could say, and, and and I think we have we have hinted this in previous minutes, right? Is almost like her little sister, right? Sharon is is more than just a secretary. She is she is also Reagan's tutor, and she takes care of her while Chris is at work. And now she's looking at this girl who, like, maybe not like blood related, but she is certainly very close to and cares a lot mm-hmm. about. Um, and then we got Tanny, and his expression has softened a bit too, right? Although, like, he still has this look of like clinical puzzlement, mm-hmm. but there there is some like I don't know like like recognition that he's looking at a, a, a suffering little girl, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And my favorite. Is actually Klein, right? Keenan, like, do you see this look that, that, like, like he has right now? It's it's this look of um, pity now that he sees Reagan, but also this, I don't know, like this resolve, this determination, like, like this cannot continue. I have to do something about this. Agreed. I think this is what's going to make that slap that's going to come in a couple of shots even more effective. Is that yes. we get just the the feeling that that Klein again non verbally has been like, this is my fault. And mm-hmm. I am taking, I am taking this on properly, right? He's, yes. he's realized this is not, it's not like the, the previous shot is a little bit like, oh, how embarrassing, how wrong I've right. been. And now this is like, well, I'm a doctor. This is, yes. I have to do this, right? Yes. This, this one look again, like we're holding on to them for like two seconds, <laughs> but this one look actually made me question all of my like previous like judgments on the character of Dr. Klein. I don't know. I, like, like I, I want to hate him so much, but like this look that he's, gi- he's giving, it hit me like, like maybe this is a good guy and he's just like way out of his depth. Right. right? Yeah. And he's, he's center punch, as you said, or close to it. He's like the hero of these shots, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to yeah. fix this. And, and actually, yeah, like good point, Keenan. Like if we had not gotten this look um, from Klein, then the, the thing coming up where he gets slapped might, uh, it might hit a little different, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. But yeah, this—if you take this shot out of context and show it to somebody who had not seen the mm-hmm. extras, know anything about it, right? this guy is yes. the hero, right? Right. He's like he has—he has, go, he has this like stern this. look, right? Yeah, right. He's the dude. Um, he's, he's the, the dude. dude in the middle. He's right. coming to protect these ladies, right? Mm-hmm. And lastly, speaking of ladies, we got Chris, and again, it's just this look of pain and anguish like she is so helpless in this situation and also like uh, so like trusting and reliant on these doctors to do anything mm-hmm. anything to help her daughter and if you watch she looks to Klein for help or, or maybe just to make sure that he's finally seeing what she's been seeing mm-hmm. um and then back to to looking at Reagan mm-hmm. and and then we are back to looking at Reagan but yeah, it's not a cut. I just want to. Uh, yeah. it, it is a pan over from them. So we're in this shot, and then and then they sort of freeze. It it feels very. It's odd in a good way. I think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they sort of freeze, and the camera pans over to Reagan, um, and then we get to see like this in- extraordinary, incredible, you know, un- unnameable thing that's happening to her. Right? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Is like like Kenan's right. The, the camera does this weird like dizzying turn. Right. right? As if a person is turning their head. Right. Mm-hmm. Looking looking uh you know from them back to Reagan. And now and now. And and the adults are just frozen. They can't they can't right. do anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so Reagan is bouncing up off the bed in a way that she can't be doing on her own. Keenan is is this more. Harness stuff. I looked and I could not find 
anything on this specific effect. This is this is different from what like where she's like strapped into the harness. Right. I could and, not and find it either. Um I don't know. I'm not, you know, I'm not an effects person. I'm not a stage magician. Perhaps perhaps yeah. someone is bumping the bed from underneath. That's what I thought. At first I thought <laughs> the bed must be like bucking in a way that tosses her up, but like I'm I'm focusing my eyes on the bed and the bed is Yeah, the is... bed is not moving. Yeah. yeah. Except when when Reagan falls down, right? Right. So it's not like a trampoline that someone is underneath pushing on or anything like that. Yeah. Right. So like but it it couldn't be it couldn't possibly be like strings or anything like that because it, that I'm not sure, but then it also can't be Linda Blair just doing it on her own because she's not can't. putting enough weight on any part of her body to throw herself up like that. So Right. You would you would see her like muscles tensing up to 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 make the jump. Right. So so yeah, yeah like it must this be is, strings or harness then. Yeah, that's for back kinda, to yeah, the others, yeah. Like, or it really is just Captain Howard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay, okay. So like um so we were talking before about like the the logistics of Captain Howdy, right? Mm-hmm. So what's happening here? Like let's put on let's put on Dr. uh Dr. Tanny's magic glasses, right? And <laughs> and we can we can suddenly see Captain Howdy. Is he inside Reagan, like bouncing around, or is he like by the side of the bed, like slamming her up and down with his hands. Like pulling like, her up. What yeah, is, pulling her up and down. Yeah. Yeah. I like, that's what? a very good question. I don't know. Like, yeah, like like because Reagan Reagan can say things like, he's trying to kill me, he's doing this to me, but what does she experience? Does Captain Howdy have five arms? You know, that would that would be the only way to explain what's going on here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and again, like there's no right or wrong answer mm-hmm. for this. Like it's it's not it is not resolved in either the book or the movie or the screenplay or, or anywhere, like what is what is going on here. I like my initial thought was that like he's inside and he's just like making the body jump, right? right? But like there are those those passages in the book that talk about like Reagan being chased around the house by Captain mm-hmm. Howdy and Captain Howdy is like kicking her and pinching her and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if, if this is like, um, like even the, like the, even the book in this uh, moment talks about like, it looks as if somebody is like picking her up and violently slamming her down, uh, back onto the bed. Right. And that's not quite what we get in the movie. Right. So again, like the book and the movie are, are slightly different in this in this situation. Now, um, if if Captain Howdy is in her body and making her do these slips and things, then what mm-hmm. do you make of this next shot where we see something change in Reagan? Ah, okay. Well, then of course, then it has to be um, him. That he's, he's he has outside. to be inside. Wait, wait. That he is no. inside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but if so, okay. So we get we get her flinging around, and then we get this mm-hmm. close up of her face, and her eyes have turned white. Yes. The effect is if as if we've seen them turn white in front of us, but that, that's not what's we just have white contacts on her eyes, right? Right. So she has mm-hmm. white, but the effect is that we see it happening, that we get this close up of her and we've seen it, right? We, it tricks us into thinking that we they turn white in front of our eyes, but that's not what happens. Right. But right. so then what is what is this uh, uh, this isn't Captain Howdy going from outside Reagan into Reagan? Like what is the significance <gasps> oh. of, of yeah, her her eyes turning white in front of us? Oh yeah, that's a good question too. Like, is that is that the moment of of like entry? Like, like Captain Howdy was outside and he was like like tossing her around, and then he like jumps inside, and that's the that's the voice, that's the eyes, that's the that's the whole thing. Or could it be that Reagan is on the bed, Captain Audi is is already inside her, and they're fighting, mm-hmm. and and that's the moment where like Reagan's eyes are white. That's the moment that Captain Howdy won mm-hmm. and got got control of her. Yeah. Now he has control. Right? Yeah. But he was inside her the whole time. 
aha. And so this flailing about is like a, a result of them them fighting in the astral plane inside of her soul or something. Yes. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. It's you know it's these it's these moments here that make us you know again not not when you're watching the movie like a regular person. Right. <laughs> but we're watching like a crazy person. Then it's mm-hmm. like so how much is Reagan in control when she tells the astronaut he's going to die up there and piss? Right. Is, is Captain Howdy entirely in control of her, her there mm. or, or what, or is he like, Hey, Reagan, it'd be really cool if you tell that guy he's going to die up there. And she's like, up where, who is this guy? Oh, just trust me. It's going to be really funny. This <laughs> is a prank. It's this new thing called TikTok. It's going to be great. I'll be, I'll be outside of you. I'll be just, I'll be filming it with the phone. It's like, <laughs> you're going to be filming me with a phone. You say Captain Audi. <laughs> yes. Yes. A rotary phone. It's, it's attached to the wall. <laughs> Captain Howdy, sometimes you say things that don't make <laughs> like any, any sense, sense at all. At all. <laughs> no, no, it's great. Time and space have no meaning to me. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, actually. So, but no, I like that because maybe it's because of the limitations of the mm-hmm. of of what we are capable of. But we can interpret it either way, right? We can say that Captain Howdy is um, is outside of her and he's like flinging her around, and then he jumps inside, and that's when the eyes change. Or we can say that, like, you know, he's inside the whole time and they're kind of like duking it out, like you say, on the astral plane, right? right? I feel like and, – and yeah, we're, we're going to talk about this this remake um, very, very soon, folks. Um, or remake, reboot. Like, you, like you just people love it. You, you love that we have to talk about this reboot. Uh, or, or sequel because they're, t- they're saying sequel now. It's too. a requel. It is a reboot oh. that's a sequel. Oh, fuck off. I, the last time I told you that, you, you said the exact same thing. <laughs> The last time I said the word requel, you had the exact same. You'll find it on the tape now. <laughs> the evidence is there, folks. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, stenographer, will you play that back? <clears throat> oh, fuck off. <laughs> I, oh, God. Okay, but. Uh, like the Ghostbusters reboot with. Um, yeah. The Ghostbusters reboot with um, Finn Wolfhard is a reboot and a sequel because it still exists in the world of the first Ghostbusters, but it's. <laughs> and this is when Captain Howdy enters me. <laughs> and I don't know. So the Halloween. The Halloween. Halloween has done this several times where uh-huh. it's been a, a reboot slash sequel where mm-hmm. they've deleted mm-hmm. previous sequels. So I think the Exorcist might be like that. I think they're deleting Exorcist 2 and 3. And then, <laughs> sorry, I sorry, I'm sorry. I'm gonna try not to sigh. Okay, I'm realizing this is this is an I believe an, so. I don't know. Medium. <laughs> I don't know. But and people I... can hear my my disdain. <laughs> oh, isn't, isn't it terrible when when people can hear and see your bodily form? <laughs> isn't that just the most embarrassing? <laughs> um, yeah, I believe that they're deleting two and three. I haven't looked into it too much because, like you, I'm not wow. particularly interested in seeing the exorcist reboot slash sequel, yeah. but um, I'm not as angry as you. About it, yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to interested it. for the, yeah. Well, no, you, well, you, no, you are going to see it. We're, we're going to go see it. <laughs> oh God. You have a responsibility. Ken. I guess so. I'm a journalist now and I have a responsibility. Mm-hmm. Now we're both going to see it folks. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like the TV show also did that where it kind of like redacted a bunch of right. stuff. Um, and I, oh, we're going to talk about the TV show at some point too. <laughs> um, and I don't like, like I, I am not sure about our, our listeners, um, feelings about, about any of the other, um, offspring of, of this movie. So, you know, I get like, you know, I don't want to say yay or nay. Like there, there is some, 
there is some good that I have seen in each of these things, mm-hmm. but then I have my, my larger opinions about them. And, and yeah, like I, I think it is, it is our responsibility to talk about them. Maybe not, maybe not do like a whole like minute by minute thing mm-hmm. of Exorcist 2. Um, you guys don't hate us that much and we don't hate you that much, but, um, yeah, we, we'll definitely talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> so what I was trying to say is that like, you know, in this requel, um, <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha, you said requel. <laughs> that was harder to say than goddamn cunt. Um <laughs> But no, like in 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 that version, um, with all of the technological uh advances that they mm-hmm. have, they they could actually like force us into a choice. They could say, oh no, 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 no. Like Captain Howdy is definitely outside of uh-huh. her and he's flinging her around. And you can see by the way that like her body moves through the air that like it looks as if an invisible pair of hands is like like shaking her around, mm-hmm. right? Right. Or or she could like be like contorting and floating in a way that it's like, oh no, no, he's definitely inside her, like piloting her, you know. Right. Um and that is that is that is the um you know, the wonders of, of our current technology. And we can, you know, we can, uh, uh, force a, a viewer to be like, it's one or the other, but here it's, it's up to, to us to, to decide like, when has Captain Howdy like fully taken possession, right? Mm-hmm. Is this, is this a fight on the astral plane? Is this like an, like an invisible person, like punching and kicking somebody? Um, or, or you know, like what, well, yeah, is which would this? be more like a poltergeist, right? If it's from the outside yes. and can't do anything else. Right. 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 But, um, so, so now, from here, uh, we cut to a close-up on Reagan's face. Um, well, actually, so she falls into frame, mm-hmm. um, and we see that her eyes have gone completely white. Um, and again, we are ramping up the, the scare factor here. This is, this is the first time that we've seen something like this. This is a new and terrifying thing. Each time we see something, it's a step up from the last thing we saw, right? Like, if, if we go all the way back, we got... Um, noises in the eye. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Captain Howdy moving the planchette. We got uh, uh, Reagan saying that her bed was shaking. We got more noises and a, a killer candle. Um, <laughs> we got peeing on the rug. Mm-hmm. We got, we got, we actually see a shaking bed. Um, then we got Reagan cursing. We mm-hmm. got him, uh, her spitting in Klein's face, right? And then we got this scene. And this scene has like three things that is just like, boom, 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 right? Like if you, if you thought that this was still like a what did he say like a, a temporal lobe thing right a whatever, lesion you know yeah. a lesion right like then you know just take a look at all of this right where do they get a load of Captain Howdy right <laughs> now last time you said there were two things but your new math made you give us three things so yes, now you're saying things. there's three things so is the new math gonna have to give us two things well no 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 like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand this new math, Lester. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know what new math is. I couldn't make change for the bus with, with this new math. <laughs> I've been hearing. I've been hearing about new math since I was a kid, and yeah. I, I remember adults complaining about new math. Is it still new? I don't. I think they. I think they did. I think it was like new Coke. They did away with it. Okay. <laughs> and they're like math, math zero. That we just loved uh, math classics so much mm-hmm. more. And it became a big hit again. <laughs> I've been to the Coca Cola. Have, have you had new Coke? I. I I don't remember. Okay, so I, I only like diet. We've oh right. We've talked about how my favorite food is Coca Cola. That's not weird at all. So I mm. went to the Coca Cola Museum, and there they gave you a can of New Coke, mm. and uh, and there was a little display about New Coke, and they had the documents, you know, proving that it wasn't some, you know, that this conspiracy theory is that they gave you bad Coke on purpose so that you would remember how much you liked old Coke, right? Coca-Cola right, classic. Right, right. So they, there's an exhibit about New Coke, and they have this whole thing. They have all the documents there 
proving that that it was not a conspiracy theory and that right. they really thought new coke was going to be big yeah but lester you know i i tried new coke uh-huh. and the whole thing was that in america we started to um there started to be dwindling uh tastes for coke in favor of pepsi because there would be things like the pepsi challenge right, right where yes. people would mm-hmm. drink it blind and they would prefer pepsi pepsi was the preferred mm. taste mm. so new coke i had a can of it Yes. And it tastes like Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so so new so Keenan, you're saying you're saying on our podcast, The Exorcist Minute, <laughs> where we examine extrapolate and excavate uh, things. Yes. You're saying that that new coke is actually just Pepsi. I swear. I swear that new coke <laughs> is just Pepsi and that they were trying to catch up to Pepsi by just making Coke taste like Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> and then that caused people to go, ew, gross, Pepsi, because Pepsi sucks. <laughs> Even though like Pepsi outsells Coke on the world level, I don't know uh-huh. why, but but people, yeah, in these blind taste tests, and I'm not saying that this wouldn't happen to me. If you put a blind taste test in front of me, I might say I prefer Pepsi. But right now, I, I would say, no, Coke is better than Pepsi. <laughs> so <laughs> so people drinking their new Coke, they're like, ugh, ew, <laughs> oh, gross, it's Pepsi. <laughs> And they abandoned Coke and they have all these protests, like the the biggest national protests of our lifetime when we were children it was not about civil rights. It was about Coca-Cola. Oh <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I've had it. So little, little Johnny, what, what did they talk about on, on minute 54? <laughs> like, did they talk about Linda Blair's injury? Yeah, did they talk about kinda. like astro, astro planes and Captain Howdy? <laughs> No, but they talked about how they went and saw primary historical documents and did research about New Coke. <laughs> oh, no, but they, they, they couldn't figure out how, uh, how they did the second bed trick. <laughs> no, they said it's like one of the most studied movies of all time, but they can't do it because the book is too expensive. <laughs> so they talked about Coke. They talked about Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, all right. Tell uh, yeah, me, tell I, me. I, your... I, hope our, I hope our listeners are are in a charitable, forgiving <laughs> mood. Guys, Lent is coming up. Oh yeah, that's you know, true. Please don't unsubscribe. We need, you know, we we promise we will keep this this Coke talk in check. Um, I promise nothing. I love Coca Cola. <laughs> I actually prefer Pepsi. <gasps> Kenan, you didn't hear anything. Well, you um, lived overseas. They got to you. Yeah, over in Asia. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they turned you un-American. <laughs> oh boy. No, I liked it before. I oh, sure, I sure, was, sure. I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I'll, I'll, I'll die for Pepsi and then, and then I'll deny it three times. It's like, you there, you there. You're that guy on that show that says you love Pepsi. And so he's like, no, no, I swear. I swear it wasn't me. And then a rooster will crow mm-hmm. and I'll see, you know, Pepsi up on the crucifix and I'll be like, no. Even though you, you saw Coca-Cola um, fixing that guy's ear you cut off. <laughs> oh my God. Still, you don't believe in, in Coke. You don't believe. <laughs> Because of your little faith. Right. That was him who cut the ear off, right? Coca-Cola? <laughs> no. Coca-Cola puts the ear back on. Oh, you're talking about Peter. Yeah, yes. Simon Peter cuts yeah. the guy's ear off, right? And then he still denies Coca-Cola three times. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I knew. I knew we were going to get silly. Um, oh, my God. Okay. Okay. okay, okay. We got it. We got it. All right. All right. Um, 
And then, yeah, so uh, like I said, we got this scene and it seems like um, all the other scenes have been kind of like leading up to the scene. Mm-hmm. We, they've been like teasing us and telling us a, a story of a troubled child and uh, possibly some supernatural interference. And mm-hmm. now we see in this scene several things, one after the other. And each one is even more of a, a confirmation that something not natural is going on. And then we get this shot with these eyes. And even as we're trying to take that in, the sound kicks in and we get our first little tease of now a a third actor who is working to create this character right she doesn't she doesn't say anything yet right. she she just makes this like moan that is uh superimposed with this like wet gurgling mm-hmm. sound mm-hmm. that 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 could either be a lion or maybe even an alligator like if you listen to alligators they um <laughs> they they roar and it almost sounds like a lion, but it's like very wet and gurgly, right? And, I don't think I've heard we, that before. An alligator? Roar. Oh no no no! Yeah, like like folks, yeah. Listen to and and I I double checked. Like as I'm writing these notes, <laughs> I went I went onto YouTube and I was like, you know, alligator sounds. And yes, it sounds just like this, mm, okay. right? It sounds like a, a lion roaring underwater, right? Or or like with this with its like throat full of water, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's kind of like what I'm picking up here. And then we don't even get to finish taking in that we before we get like another spectacle in the form of this like really cool effect where like Riggin's neck uh bubbles out right like it bulges out like a toad so we got we got lions and gators mm-hmm. and toads now how do they do this i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna walk back uh-huh. okay and i'm gonna say we got lions and gators and toads uh-huh <laughs> Kino, oh, this is this is this is your Hakuna Matata. Oh, oh I'm no! Setting oh, you up. oh, okay, okay. We're gonna we're gonna try this one okay, more time. I think I understand okay? now. Okay, so yeah, Reagan's neck puffs out like a toad. So we got lions and gators and toads. Mother, please. No. no. Lions and gators and toads. Oh my! Yes. There you <laughs> yes, go. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I, I got oh, it. I got it. Not the whole time. No, no, no. I, I eventually figured out what you're saying. <laughs> okay, sorry, I called you son of a bitch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. How do listeners are like? All right, are they going to get to anything in this movie? <laughs> no, we are. I, I, I'm very curious about this. Like, how how mm-hmm. does this effect happen? Because this does look like Linda Blair's face, but there's something going on with her. Well, God damn it, Keenan! I thought you were going to have. The oh, I don't know. <laughs> now you're really mad at me. Today. Ah, no, I don't know. I mean, it seems that doesn't look like a, a puppet, right? Because she's no, she no, opens her her mouth to scream. Yeah, yeah. My guess is that it is. It's it's got to be like a prosthetic, right? Uh-huh. right? Like a it's got to be it's or like a balloon and. We don't see. Hang on, let me let me pull it up here. There's a part of her neck mm-hmm. that we don't see, uh-huh, and right. so and so my guess is that like there's a tube coming in from the bed, and it is inflating this uh, this balloon that has been makeuped over, has been painted over really well. Yeah, that's got to be what this is. Yeah, it looks like there's veins and stuff in it, right? Or capillaries at least, right? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, a a really great makeup job. To look like her neck. Right. I'm looking at it right now. That 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 looks like her neck. It sure does. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And and so yeah. But like we don't see the the right 
side of her neck. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, and she and she's relatively still in this shot. Um, although like the the cut has kind of like uh, made us think that she's like thrashing around and everything. Right. But this one shot where her neck is sort of like puffing up. Uh, we don't see like her right shoulder. So I'm thinking there's a, there's a, a, a tube that goes uh, through up through the bed and kind of like into like her uh, into her neck on that side on her like right shoulder side. And it's blowing up this like rubber balloon that has been uh, made up to look like the rest of her neck. Right. And like I said, there are, there are, this is a very well studied movie and I've looked at a couple of featurettes you could find, especially with like Dick Smith going over the makeup. Um, and those are really pretty fun usually because you get to see the actors in, in pre, you know, it, before their day starts or, you know, when they're, before their shooting day starts, I mean, they're in makeup for several hours beforehand and they, they're really delighting in their makeup and they're having a lot of fun with yes. it. So it's really cute to see like little Linda Blair, being like, oh, look at me! <laughs> I look so terrible. But I have not seen, I have not seen them do this effect yet. No, no, yeah, I haven't, I haven't either. And I've, I've scoured, right. I've looked all over. Um, but yeah, to, <laughs> to what you're saying, Keen, yeah, there's, there's like a, um, like a behind the scenes thing of Reagan, like, and I think she's like wearing a, uh, like a, a jacket, mm-hmm. you know, to keep her, to keep her warm. But she's full on in the makeup, mm-hmm. and she's looking at the dummy. And she kind of looks at the dummy and then she looks at the camera and is like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she makes this cute little kid, like it's it's just she's smiling and like in like the demon part of it like just completely is gone. Right. It just evaporates. She has all the makeup. She looks exactly like she looks in the movie, but her expression is just that of this little kid wearing makeup. And she looks so endearing and so sweet. And like that right there, folks, like if you really want to like convince yourself that this is Linda Blair's performance mm-hmm. and not just like a bunch of makeup. It's like, oh, you can slap makeup on any kid and, and they'll 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 do a great job. No, because look at look at her behind the scenes with all of that makeup and just how like not scary she is. Yeah. And how how just like cute and and just like funny. And she's like making jokes and she's doing all this stuff and she's laughing with the other actors and her everything colleagues, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Her colleague, you know, like that right there is, uh, yeah, definitely do yourselves a favor and look at like, just, just hop on YouTube and, and type in, you know, behind the scenes, the exorcist. And you're, you're going to see a lot of like, like home movie style stuff with her just being a normal kid. Right. It's even, even with all that makeup. It, yeah. That's evidence for the idea. This is a, a very strong performance, but it's also evidence for, again, like her, her statement that she was not exploited, you know, beyond this right. accident that, that she was having a great time. Cause people, I know he said this several times that I think it, it bears repeating. Like people are like, Oh, they must've done terrible things to you to get this performance. And she's like, no, I had a wonderful time. I was yeah. in my downtime watching, <laughs> watching Sally field on the flying nun. And I, I raised a chicken that I hatched on set and I had a bunch of free time to do all this stuff. And it was super cool working with Ellen. And yeah, you would just want to presume things that, um, that this must be, one of these tortured performances. Yes. So yeah, so Dr. Klein has seen and he has heard enough. And so he walks on over and he's like, all right, uh, let's see what, but we never hear the rest of that because suddenly Reagan is up and she slaps him across the face hard enough to not just send him back a couple of steps, but actually knock him down. He flies back and he hits that door and that door crashes against the wall and, and bounces back. And Sharon uh, is down to help him back up. And we hear um, uh, 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 Chris and she, she shouts in this anguish, mm-hmm. like like it's been ripped out of her. She's like, Reagan. Yeah. Um, it's a really good stunt here um, with uh, Barton Heyman flying back because it looks a lot more painful than hopefully it is because we land into this door and then the door knocks a bunch of set dressing off which just makes it feel like so violent but all it is is you know 
he's he's pushed the door against this uh, this dresser with a bunch of books and the books fall down. So we like see all this this violent kinesis and we're like, oh, that must be happening inside of his back. And we also see that his nose is bleeding. Oh right? yeah, in like, the next shot, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. and and his eyes aren't even uh, open at this point, mm-hmm. right? Uh, his his temporal lobes have just been scrambled. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> now again, similar to how Reagan Reagan falls into that shot and we see her eyes white. But it, she mm-hmm. falls into the shot, and her hair clears away from her face, and her eyes are white. So we swear we've seen them turn white. Similar to that, when when Barden Heyman is um, getting smacked across the face, um, and fall the, the part where he falls down to the frame, his his nosebleed makeup is already there, but it moves so fast that we swear we see his nose start bleeding in front of us, right? But it doesn't happen. And I, I do again talking about this like sort of false hero moment that we have of, of uh, Doctor Klein. When he he steps away from the pack, right? There's the four of them that we've seen. He steps away from them. The camera zooms out with him as he says this heroic yes. thing. And um, the camera height goes really high as Reagan is coming up. So it's like everything is set up to to make us believe. This is this is super fast, right? <laughs> like me saying, me describing it takes like twice as long as it actually happens. Right. right. Yes. But he has this like power. He's stepping forward. Okay, he's going to take control and she smacks him across the face. And like everything is is um is making us believe for that half a second. that Oh, okay, great. He's taking charge. Right, right. And Keenan, you were saying before, you were talking about how like when he gets slapped, you've been like in the room with no, other audience well, members. Well, I just wonder. I have seen the movie The Exorcist in a theater for one mm-hmm. of those Halloween, Halloween revivals. Um, mm-hmm. And I can't remember this precise moment but i could i could imagine some people in the audience thinking it's funny because how, how much we don't like dr klein right i, I just right. don't know when i or maybe even cheering right like, when i see it, like it, it's just horrifying <laughs> so mm-hmm. but i'm saying like i could i don't want to say that my reaction is the only reaction where i feel bad for dr klein like i think legitimately you could understand why someone would go oh great you know this guy yeah, fuck this yeah. guy <laughs> it's yeah. his fault yeah. And either way, like, like, however we feel about Dr. Mm-hmm. Klein, this is, this is happening to tell us, uh, nope. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you think is like, like, all right, let's, uh, let's fix this. Right. Nope. Mm-hmm. Nope. Right. That's, that's not how this is going to no go. No more Ritalin, right. no more shots. Right. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ritalin me this. <laughs> Kapow. Shaz- shazam. Oh, wow. This a little cartoon speech bubble, you know, it's like hot pink and green. <laughs> that sounds know. like the comeback from a kid who could use some Ritalin. What you said, Ritalin <laughs> yeah. me this, Dr. Klein. Pachow, pachow, pachow. As soon as you say that, that's that's when your prescription for Ritalin is written. It's like, yep. And before we cut away from this scene, so his his nose is bleeding, mm-hmm. his eyes are closed. And uh, before we cut away, we hear the beginnings of a voice mm-hmm. say, keep away. Mm-hmm. Right? And because – like I paused right there to like get a better look at Klein. I was able to catch Sharon's expression yeah. and the look sh- that she gives Reagan. Like when that new voice comes out of her, it's like, it's, oh, it's so perfect. It's this look of like pure terror. And it's different from the look that she gave earlier in uh, the minute mm-hmm. when she first entered the room. Like that was also a look of terror, but it was like for Reagan. Right. Whereas this look is like legitimately, this is showing terror of Reagan. Yes, right? absolutely. She is. She is now afraid of this person for whom she has hitherto only felt love, right? right? And she even she even backs away like a little bit as she's like helping Klein. Mm-hmm. And we cut and Regan uh, finishes what she's saying. We have a close-up on her face and she says, keep away. The sow is mine. Mm-hmm. And again, like this association with like animals, right? But she says it in a voice that is most definitely not her own. Um, is this the first – time we have heard another voice coming out of Reagan? Yes, I think so, right? This is the first time. Okay. Um, man, that, that phrase, right, Sal, that's not mm-hmm. something we don't teach 
kids in America those terms, right? Unless they're right. working on the farm. So like in a in a big city school that she would be taught at, it would just be pig. It wouldn't, you know, we wouldn't have these other farm terms for things, right? Actually, yeah. So to that point, Keenan, this is one of the um, arguments uh, that is made for Reagan legitimately being possessed. Mm-hmm. Is like, she doesn't know these right. words. Like, how is she saying sow? Like when, and you know, like later on, Karis is listening to like a sample of her voice and her, her vocabulary, it has, has changed completely. Mm-hmm. Right. And now she's saying things like sow right. and, and, and all this stuff. Right. Um, and also the kind of like the, I don't know what you would call it, like the dissociation, like the sow is mine. Like, so like the doctors are later going to be like, like, what do you make of this? Like, like she's referring to herself in third person. In the third person and with a, uh, an animal analogy she would not have in her. Right, right. 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 Who taught yeah, her so, that? So very, yeah, very, very different. And, and yeah, like, like, but there, oh, she must've gotten it from somewhere. It has to be coming from somewhere. Mm, right. Right. Like, like, um, the flying nun, Sally Field said that in yesterday's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the sow is mine. I'm the flying nun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God you're here, flying <laughs> <Anyway>. nun. <laughs> just, just apropos of nothing, it's like, it's like, oh, flying nun. It's like, say, hey, I'll take uh, two ice creams, please. And um, the sow is mine. Okay, bye bye. I've never seen an episode of the flying nun. I just assume that she flies in and, and says, and the sow is mine. The sow is mine. <laughs> <laughs> and then just. <laughs> Right. It's, it's her, I pity the fool, right? That's her catchphrase. Yes, right. The sow is mine, right? <laughs> or it's a, it's, it's an episode where she's on the farm and uh, she just won an auction and, and she doesn't want this little uh, pig to, to be uh, turned into bacon. So she's going to take her home as a right. pet. And, and she's like, yay, the sow is mine. The sow is mine. That was me. I was trying that time to do a Sally Field impression. I don't know if that worked. Oh. <laughs> you like me. You really like me now. The sow is mine. She's holding up the Oscar. That's 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 the sow. That's the and just in the in the green room, she's like, keep away. <laughs> keep your goddamn fingers away from my Oscar. Jeez. All right, this field, that's fine. It's yours. <laughs> And a fucking flying nun. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, they, or at least in some recent ceremonies, they take your Oscar away what? backstage so they can immediately put on um, an engraving with your name on it. Oh, but they, they okay, haven't been very clear about that when, when they did. Do, I don't know if they've done that every year, but they've, they've not been very clear. So like, yeah, you win your Oscar and then some dude comes up. Can I take that? Like, what? <laughs> like, absolutely not. No, 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 no. And they're like, no, we'll give it right back. Like, who are you? Yeah. Do, yeah. Like, like, they did have Oscars stolen um, like 15 years ago. The oh, creative Oscars on the way to the ceremony was stolen <laughs> and they found a bunch of them in a dumpster. Once like the police were like, we're looking for these Oscars and there's really big, really big um, consequences for stealing these Oscars. And then they found them. Yeah. And they found them abandoned. <laughs> wow. Were, like were any specifically missing? Like, well, got, no, this is before like, all of them except Sally Fields was there. And... <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. No, but these, this is before they'd been given out that year. So these oh, are okay, blank okay. Oscars. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. So yeah, so so this scene and this movie um, have been building up, and again, here's another spectacle. Here's mm-hmm. another uh, like evil miracle, right? She is now speaking in a voice that is not her own, right? Leaving us to wonder if that's not her voice, whose voice is it? Mm-hmm. Well, from the movie making side of things, this is none other than Mercedes McCambridge, star of stage, screen, and radio. Mm-hmm. And I promise we're going to talk about her in later minutes. I want to give her like a proper um, intro and bio uh, when we finally get some uh, proper scenes with her. For now, she's one um, of my favorite actors from the classical days. So this is good. Yeah, she is great. Um, for now, we just get like a quick peek before she's gone again, and we have Reagan screaming. 
uh, fuck me. Um, and, and Mercedes, Mercedes actually comes back for, for like that second one, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's three, it's three f- fuck me's in a row. And, uh, and, and what I thought I remembered happening was that the, f- the like the first time you hear Linda say it and then Mercedes and then both, right? Like the, like the, the thesis antithesis mm-hmm. synthesis, mm-hmm. right? But it's very clearly just Linda's first line replayed. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Like it's, it's the exact same sound file in any case. So now Reagan is on her knees and uh, she has hiked up her skirt. Um, she's, um, she's bellowing at our, our lineup here, which is now all disheveled. Right. Like we got, we, we still got Klein and Sharon on the floor. And if you look at them, um, the second time Reagan screams at mm-hmm. them, in Mercedes's uh, uh, voice, you can see both women have a reaction, mm-hmm. right? Like not the first time that she says it, the second time she says it, maybe because of the new voice, I don't know. Um, but the, the men are still like dazed and confused, right? Klein is, you know, he's still scrambled and, and Dr. Tanny doesn't know yet right. what he's seeing. But Sharon has this great reaction. Go back and look, folks. She cannot believe what she is seeing and hearing. She is legitimately terrified, not just by like what's being said mm. and done, but also because it's Reagan, right? And and mom's reaction is even more layered. Like the shot starts out with her looking down at Klein, and then her head whips up, and we get a close-up of Reagan saying, fuck mm-hmm. me. Um, and then we're looking at the lineup again and Chris looks confused. Like, like maybe she didn't hear that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and she's actually, she actually utters this, this little, like what? Like she, she says, she's like, what? Mm-hmm. Right before the demon shouts it again. And she sort of like whimpers mm-hmm. and cowers back. She's so shocked. She can't, she can't even make words at this point. Right. right? Uh, she can't even gasp or cry. All that comes out is this little squeak. Um, and Reagan, Reagan says it a third time and then is, thrown violently down by an unseen force, right? That's that's when Sharon moves to try to help her. And Dr. Klein is now awake enough to shout, get back. Um, and we get literally just a second of uh, Chris's face mm-hmm. as the, the camera zooms in. Um, mm-hmm. And then we're back with Reagan and she is being whipped violently around. And, and then uh, there's a cut here. It happens so fast, but it's like really effective. We hear the sound of a slap. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're looking at Reagan's face with all these like, with these like three red right. marks, like fingers. Are we to take it that she slapped herself? self mm-hmm. like that that wasn't someone in the line no right? that's like, so, the question i think is whether that has again come from the inside out or the outside in but this is right. this is pazuzu having done this to her right or right this captain is this howdy is or whoever yeah captain howdy i'm, I'm just gonna keep saying captain howdy because <laughs> we're gonna talk about this pazuzu right, thing, right, but right. like yeah but uh, uh it, yeah these series of shots are really interesting when if you if you slow down and look at some of them you're saying that she's whipped around which is true but mm-hmm. but it also is a little bit like she's um, I think the movie's going back and forth a little bit between whether these could be explained or not. Like the first shot mm. looks a little bit like she's in ecstasy, like the kind you would have in a church where you speak tongues or something. Oh, she's yeah, kind okay, of like, like yeah. it's more like dancing, but then the next shot, it's like completely, she's being thrown about against her will. It's mm-hmm, all over mm-hmm. the place is my point. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're cutting not only in, in a series of different shots, like different types of performance takes from, from her. Right. right. It's, it's very chaotic and, and it's very effective and, and we don't even hold on that. Right. It's punctuated by this scream from Chris, this howl of pain. It's so awful here. She is powerless as her daughter suffers. Right. Mm-hmm. And she like, she would guaranteed if, if there was something 
there for her to fight. She would fight it even if it was like a lion or mm-hmm. a gator or, a, or or like a wolf. She would get in there and she would wrestle it off her daughter and she would snap its neck. I have no doubt about that now. But in this situation, there is nothing she can do. And, and that is its own anguish right there that she can't – Hell right. And yeah, that like that scream from Chris, uh, from Ellen Burstyn, like cuts right through. Yeah, it's it's a profile of her and it looks like um say how Orthodox Jews or how how you might um in the Bible describe what grief looks like. Right. Yes. It's like it's like the gnashing of teeth, the tearing of clothes, right? It's very yeah, you, you could say, yeah, it's it's a very like biblical mm-hmm. um like image of this of this just like crying to the sky, mm-hmm. right? right? Um this is this is what a what a a person at their most anguished looks like. Yeah, she's like. not crying out to Sharon or to someone to help her, right? It's like none of these people can help her. It's it's just crying out into the ether, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then so we cut to Dr. Klein, uh, a close up of his hands as he is preparing an injection. Um and then we see Dr. Tanny is now in the room. He is trying to wrestle mm. Reagan back to the bed and then Carl comes in. Did we notice that? Mm. Like could he maybe have been there the whole time, just like in a corner of the room? <laughs> Do you think he's just see? in Reagan's bathroom? <laughs> like, <laughs> like he, he have you ever been in that situation like at work where <laughs> where like you're going to leave, but then someone comes into the bathroom to like to pee? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this is you, but I've done this. Oh. Like so you're in the you're in the toilet stall and you're 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 done and you're going to get ready to leave, and then but someone else comes out and like, oh, I'm I'm just gonna sit here and wait until they're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Carl's just been, oh, I'm using the little girl's bathroom and now they are here. It'd just be easier to wait until they are finished. Oh, okay. So I, th- I thought you said, I, like, I, I thought what you meant was that, like, you know, he dips in there for just a minute and then, and then this, this, like, chaos happens and he thinks it's people trying to get into the bathroom to use it. It's like, it's like, I'm a Newton bitter. I like, I'll be out in a moment. It's like, yes, yes, little girl, I know you have to go. I can, I can hear your screams. I know, you know I should have used my own bathroom. We've talked about this I, several I'm, times. I'm so sorry. It's like, but when Carl has to go, he has to go. <laughs> really doesn't, doesn't want me in the other bathroom. So I have to. <laughs> but what you're saying, okay, so what you're saying is that this happened way, way, way before. Right. Like he he's, was cleaning, he was cleaning house and he, he you know, decides like to use Reagan's bathroom. Right. He had a little bit too much he's coffee. Entitled. And he's entitled. Like, he cleans the toilet. He, <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe that's what he was doing. Like he was in there and you know how you have to go mm-hmm. like when you're in the place. Right. right. And he's like, he's like, okay, nobody is around. I will just, uh, you know, I, I just have to go. It's like that coffee just went right through me and I have to, I have to do this. Right. And so he, he, he gingerly closes mm-hmm. the door right. and, you know, and then, and then he hears like the, the footsteps of, of the people coming into right. the room and he's like, oh, shit. Uh, right. right. He's like, no. It's like, I have to be quiet. I have to wait for them to go. And then like it's the chaos crazy. happens oh. and the demon is like, and it, it just cuts to Carl's face. Is like, I think I'm going to be in here for, for a long, long time. time. I will have to just for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and he's already right. done. Oh, like, he's been it done was, hours it was, ago. <laughs> it was actually Keenan. It was actually a false alarm. There was there was nothing happening there, right? And he he's just like, this is going to be so embarrassing, right? right exactly, right. Yeah, the longer you stay in there, the more the more committed you are, because then you're like, oh, right, well, right. you've been there. You've been in there for twenty minutes. You know, much longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At one point, you have to come right. out, and like, and and then they're going to realize it's like, wait, the, the whole time, like the, like the whole the that's, whole that's time, Sally right? Field, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sorry, Mrs. Flying Nun. I was there. I was. <laughs> you know, not we're so close to the end of this, but we're so close. But in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> 
that I think if if Sally Field were not killing it and like giving an actual grounded real performance where you used to feel sorry for that woman, you yes. would see through you you would just not buy that like half as much as you do. I'm sure some people no, never buy no. Mrs. Outfire, <laughs> but but like 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 if you're like, oh, if she's falling it, and this is Sally Field, and she's doing a real performance, and then I guess everyone else must be falling for it because oh yeah yeah she's oh no no go back <laughs> folks go back and watch that movie now mm-hmm. in 2023. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams is very much the villain. Like <laughs> she like I grew up I grew mm-hmm. up like watching this and being like, oh Sally Field, why you got to be such a wet right. blanket, mm-hmm. you know? And no, like that is a, like, like she is, she is doing the best for her yeah. kids. She is trying to be, she's, she is trying to be the only, she is trying to be Chris McNeil, like the mom and the dad, because the dad, that is, is that Howard? He brings a donkey to the birthday party. Uh, yeah. Now you want like, no, at that, how uncalled for. No. How do you not at least call your wife to tell her you're thinking about getting yeah. a donkey for the birthday party? Wrecks the whole fucking <laughs> mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. destroys the right. house. Right. And like, after he has like walked out on one of the most coveted, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, jobs in Hollywood that you can like, like, <laughs> like it starts right. out. I forgot because oh, yeah, yeah. we taped this off of, of uh, TV, so I didn't even uh, remember this beginning. But he's a voice right. actor, mm-hmm. and he just walks mm-hmm. out like you idiot, <laughs> you you goddamn idiot. He's a voice actor who gets to record his lines in San Francisco. He doesn't even have to like go and fly down to LA to do it. He gets to yeah. live in San Francisco and be a working voice actor for Hollywood. And apparently just improvise like after the thing has been already animated, which that's not, not how it works. it works, folks. Just no, no. <laughs> but it's it's like a, a thing like he's like on principle because like some like, like I, was it the cat or the, the bird, bird is smoking, smoking right? and yeah, and he's just like, no, no. And he just walks out of <sighs> like what? Oh. Right, so now she has to earn both of the incomes God. and take care of the take care of the birthday parties, and he has to bring in the donkey. Terrible, uncalled for. Yeah, yeah he doesn't bring home the bacon; he brings <laughs> no. home the donkey. No, Daniel, <laughs> Miranda is right. You are a terrible father, Miranda. Right? Yes. <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Okay. <laughs> so. Carl came in. Carl comes in and he is he is also helping to pin Reagan right. down, right? So that Dr. Klein can give her this shot. So the book actually uses him a couple times to show how strong Reagan mm-hmm. is. There's a couple of instances where, like first, we have established that Carl is very, very strong. He's very powerfully built, right? You might not see it in um in Rudolf Schundler, the, the actor here, but in the book, he's he's very like like he's got this like very, very strong build, right? But as Annie Nelson pointed out, he lifts these gigantic water bottles in our movie with like they're nothing right so we can see that yes so so he is he he is physically able right um and then we take carl um like he is he's called in to restrain uh reagan while someone tries to like administer medical aid right or or like change the bedding or something like that and like it's it's him and it's somebody else always right it's either karis and him or the doctor and him right and it's always like they can just barely manage, mm-hmm. even with Carl and the other characters trying to hold her down, mm-hmm. right? And I guess that's what we're seeing here, right? Um, and so, yeah, so like trying to demonstrate how strong uh, Reagan has become. Right. Um, and from here, we cut and once again, we are down on the bed looking up, but this is definitely, again, not Reagan's POV. Uh, we watch and we follow as Dr. Klein strides manfully over to the side of the bed and out of the corner of our eye, we can also see that Sharon is like running to comfort right. Chris, who is still like, she's still sobbing throughout all of this. Um, while all the while, like Reagan can be heard screaming like, mother, mm-hmm. please. Um, and yeah, that is, uh, 
that is where we must end for now. Yeah, whoa, so much stuff going on. You know, how, yeah, you know we talked about in the in the scene with the astronaut how Friedkin puts together these shots of like five people at once and their reaction shot. This mm-hmm, is similar. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is um, going full bore. Um, yeah, and he doesn't cast any slouches, right? Everyone's everyone's no. really doing something here. Yeah. Everyone's got their A game. It's crazy. Whew, yeah. And and this minute, I, I think this minute is uh, a little bit longer than than other minutes, which mm-hmm. is crazy to to think about. Like, but my notes, like <laughs> this this minute is like five thousand words long. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff is, going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah. So, Keenan, um, and I hope you say no. Is there anything that we missed? You know, there's like this scene where Miranda's talking to Daniel, but Daniel's like <laughs> dressed as Mrs. Doubtfire, you know? All right, let's let's end this. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so folks, uh, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. You can find me on all the socials as just that, Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and at Letterbox as Howdy Keenan. Yep. We got our listener group on Facebook, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out. Just a request to join. We'll let you in. Um, it's a great group of people. Um, and then you can be in here with us. It's awesome. Um, all right. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time, the, the power, power of Sally, Sally Field compels you. This has been another wonderful Mrs. Doubtfire minute. We've been your hosts. (laughs) Let's just let's just put that in just in case. Just in case I'm editing and I find out that we have more Mrs. Doubtfire stuff than we. If it takes like 54 minutes and all of a sudden it it becomes the Mrs. Doubtfire minute, we just don't tell anybody, and then they have to be like, "This has been the Mrs. Doubtfire minute the whole time, the whole the whole time." time. Oh, we just we, we we don't change the no the, the graphic <laughs> the thumbnail just from now on it's we just pick up on minute fifty five of the of the Mrs Doubtfire. <laughs> oh, we don't even do the beginning of Mrs Doubtfire. No, 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 no. <laughs> oh. no, 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 Keenan. What we have to do? What we have to do, Keenan? We're not we're not thinking clearly here. What we got to do? We have to do the Exorcist all the way up until the point where Father Marin is at the door and he rings the doorbell. Right. And then we expertly move from there to when Sally Field opens the door and it's Yuva Janaya Doubtfire. <laughs> That's what we do. Hello. <laughs> Your mother sucks cocks in hell. Oh, does she know? Oh, well, I think we won't be watching TV after that. Right.